It's June the 1st. This is Meet the Movie Press. On the show today, Jamie Foxx is Spawn. The Crow is dead. Again. And Solo, audience no-show. There's more in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. It seems weird doing that on my own. Scott, we usually do we usually do that siren thing. Oh. Uh, hey everybody, it's June the 1st. Uh, this is Meet the Movie Press, the first one without Jeff, who is away uh, and won't be coming back, sadly, but is in our thoughts. Uh, he's not dead, he's fine. He's uh, his brother's wedding and then he's, uh, he's uh, stabbed us in the back. <laughs> Which is fine, you know, we're fine about that. You, uh, you're you not the only do? one that's hurt. So I know, you're not Anthony, the only one I know. that's hurting. I'm trying to keep uh, uh, it just, just moving. <laughs> but but uh, there's someone else in here with me. Um, Jesus Christ! Hello! Um, Hello! Scott, I was going to say, who are you? But I obviously mentioned your name, Scott Menzel. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, who are you and what do you do? I am Scott Menzel. I am the lead entertainment journalist for We Live Entertainment. I also run the L.A. Online Film Critics Society. Ah, very popular. We're the people that basically people then say, you're wrong. Yes. At. Pretty much. On the comment Pretty sections. Much, yes. Everyone's which is like, great. screw you. Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. I haven't seen the movie, but you're Jackass. wrong. You're a dick. Yep. Yeah, libtards. Exactly. Yeah. It's always good fun. It's always yeah. good fun. Uh, welcome to the show. You do another show on the Popcorn Talk Network, right? Uh, not oh, within here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Black Hollywood Live. Yep. I have a show every Sunday yep. called Black Tomatoes, which I co-host with Carla Renata. Mm-hmm. Who I believe is also going to be appearing the show in the next couple of weeks. Uh, okay, we have so much to get through uh, here. Uh, let's start with something I mentioned in the opening of the show. Uh, Jamie Foxx uh, has been cast as Spawn in the Redux, Redo, Reboot, Reimagining. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're calling it right now. Of a movie that I love, Spawn. A lot of people hate that movie. Uh, Jamie Foxx is going to be slipping into those shoes. Um, a lot of reaction about this online this week. Uh, what's your take on it? I have zero opinion on this because the first Spawn movie, i completely indifferent about it. Like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just, it just exists. Right. And I feel like... Hollywood is desperately trying to keep coming up with new superhero movies, and it just was only a matter of time before this was going to be redone. Um, in terms of Jamie Foxx being added to this movie, um, I don't know. I mean, he when he wants to be good, mm. he can be really good, yeah. but there's been a lot of movies where he has not fit the bill at all. And the best thing I think Jamie Foxx has done in like the last five years is beat Shazam!, which is a game show uh, on uh, one of the major networks yes, here yes. in the US. Um, I, it, for me, it was certainly a, a little bit of a strange choice. Yes. Um, I think there are many of the people that, that I think perhaps were either considered or could have been considered for this role because Jamie Foxx is, is not sort of, I would not consider him to be an A-list actor now. Still very popular, very successful, but I wouldn't consider him to be one of the movie stars that we always talk about. He's certainly that strong, reliable B-level of actor who's kind of fallen sort of from that that A level that he perhaps was 10 years ago, I think around the time of Ray. Yeah, I was going to say, Ray, I mean, Ray was that launching point for him. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was, you were like, oh my God, Jamie Foxx is going to become the next big thing. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, it's the Oscar curse, right? There's always a lot of actors who have that. Yeah. I feel like for him, he's like, he went from to the top 
And then he just tried and tried and tried, and it just kept going like this. That happens with so many actors. It's it's yes. not just Jamie's thing. It is it is something that does happen to a lot of people. It's always difficult to to follow up that high and kind of you know not not sort of put yourself in a box. But certainly he's a little bit older. I thought they would have gone with someone a little bit younger for sport. And he's certainly not old by any stretch of the imagination. I thought they might have taken it younger and maybe have gone with something like an Origins. But Anthony, who's in um, the booth, was saying that you, Anthony, you were saying that it was uh, it's it actually. Actually, Spawn is not going to be the main character in the movie. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I was reading up on this story. I've been following it for a bit. I, I actually really enjoyed the uh, the Spawn movies as um, mm. you know as what they what they are. You know, I I, I think they're good fun. Uh, or it's good fun. Um, but yeah. So pretty much he's gonna be um, a minor character. It's gonna be more of like a hide the shark kind of situation. It's gonna. I, I believe it's gonna be fo- more focused on the uh, characters of Sam and Twitch. Which are uh, embedded in the uh, spawn lore, yeah, and it's going to be mainly focused on them. And I think it's going to be like chasing, um, uh, like they're going to be chasing uh, spawns like crime scenes, or like they're going to see the crime scenes in the wake of spawn and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's funny because actually Jamie Fox has been gunning for this uh, for spawn mm. for the, for the past five years now. He's spoken about it in interviews and stuff as well, quite a few times. Yeah, so he's he's really been thirsty for this role, and he finally got it. And it kind of makes sense because it's also being produced by Blumhouse. So, mm-hmm. and since he's not that big of a, a, a actor or a lister right now, I guess they can afford him. And since he's not going to be a minor, uh, he's going to be a minor character. And I believe he doesn't even have uh, um, that many uh, lines or no lines at all as well. So you know that kind of factors into the budget. Is there any any rumor what the budget is? Um, no, I, I'm, I'm not like, yeah, I don't have I'm a assuming it's Blumhouse. It's, it's going to be Low. sort of the, the lower end. I mean, right. you're going to be looking at below perhaps 25 million, maybe in the 10, maybe as up as, as, as 20 million kind of level. Um, because obviously we know they operate really, really well, very successfully in that. Um, you know, it, it tends to be, it tends to be more about atmosphere and character with, uh, with a lot of the Blumhouse stuff these days. It doesn't always work. I mean, not everything that Blumhouse has done has, has been to good truth or dare quite recently is a really good example um, Happy Death Day, which I really enjoyed last year, that was actually quite lightweight. It had some good, good thrills and good kills in it, but it was actually quite lightweight as as a movie, and certainly on the talent basis. So still both be... for getting sequels. Yeah, yeah, true. Because I mean, the budgets are so low; they were like five million each. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you make a, if you make a movie for like five million, um, you're, you're gonna you're gonna make a profit unless literally no one goes to see that movie. Um, and a lot of these movies, as far as spending extra money on sort of uh, promotion goes, a lot of these movies sell themselves. I mean, they're really good and really strong for things like social media activity and all sorts of really innovative editorial campaigns. And again, that's something Blumhouse is doing. Look at um, look at Halloween, the movie that's coming oh, yeah, out later I in know. the year. I mean, already their their social media stuff and their campaign stuff is is very innovative. Well, you know, what's interesting is Jason Blum yeah. posts about like a trailer going to come out. Yeah. And it's like everyone turns it into a news story. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. It was like one, uh, like a two-line tweet. Yeah. And every single network in Hollywood's posting about, oh, my God, the Halloween trailer is dropping soon. It's like he didn't say that. He just basically yeah. said that something's coming for Halloween. And it's like, oh, speculation. Uh, let's say what people are, are seeing in the chat. We've got a few people interacting today. Um, Zayas Bilu is saying, uh, only person younger I m- might have gone with was uh, Jesse T. Usher. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel was someone I was thinking yes, about, actually. I agree. Um, and full full disclosure, I, I know Daniel. Um, so, yes, but I think he'd be great for it anyway. Uh, Travante Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kofi Sirabo. 
not familiar with. No, uh, not either. Tristan Mac Wilds, uh, John Boyega, and the last one I particularly agree with, Winston Duke. Yes. I think Winston yes. would have, and I've, I've worked with Winston a number of times over the last sort of 18 months, um, and he would be superb for this. And a right round about the age that I would have thought would have been ideal for Spawn. He's got the, the really imposing physique as well, which I think Daniel doesn't have. No. Um, but I think Winston would have been absolutely superb for that. I mean, the first Spawn movie, I know a lot of people don't like that movie. They deride it. I, and I love the original Punisher movie as well with, with Dolph Lundgren. A lot of that, some of those early Marvel movies I do, early comic book movies I do generally, I, I really like. Um, I mean, I've watched it again. It's not it's not great, but I love what they did with it. It was fun and it was really nicely dark. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with this. Um, but I was just a little bit surprised by, by Jamie Foxx. But Blumhouse, they've surprised me before. They could surprise me again. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens. Okay, some other major news uh, this week. I was very surprised about this. Uh, James Marsden um, joining the 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 live action and animated movie um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Did you see this news this week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. This doesn't this seem for first off. Doesn't it seem a little too late? Oh, only by about fifteen years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like trying to do I a mean, Looney Tunes reboot right now, right? But also Which both, is also in talks. I think Space Jam. Yeah, <laughs> but also both in the sense that Sonic the Hedgehog, I don't think is an IP. Obviously, you can you can revive IPs all the time. Hollywood yes. does this on a regular basis. I just don't think. I think the the audience, the, the kids, are not into Sonic no. anymore, and that's not really something that's been passed down from father to son in the gaming community <laughs> you know they have other other ips that are that but also james marsden i mean i know he's having a renaissance at the moment with with westworld he's been phenomenally popular in that but as a hollywood entity he hasn't been a hot property no. and i i really rate james marsden i think he's been horribly mistreated by hollywood and he should have been given a lot more chances than he was but i if i if i was drawing up a list of people that i thought they would want to be in this James Marsden is not... He wouldn't be on that list. I was very surprised about this. It does not fit him. And people were talking also, a number of sites were talking about Paul Rudd, you know, being in, in this human... Paul Rudd, for me, would have yes. been a, a better fit. Right. So I'm not quite sure what happened there. But thoughts on James Marsden? Uh, I agree with you. I think, I mean, th this is a guy who's been very underappreciated in Hollywood. You know, he's been the head of a lot of, yeah, I mean, he was he one of the head people in the X-Men franchise yeah. for a long period of time. And I mean, he was he, Cyclops. Yeah. And yeah. he just, he's done some great work and Westworld kind of like brought him back to the spotlight. But outside of that, he's just not the big thing right now. Yeah. And I mean, the last successful I, movie that he had, I think was Hop. Right. And that was that was 2010, 2011? Yes. I mean, and he's, he's, he's coming back for Enchanted, which I think he's perfectly fitted in, and he, yeah. was, he was great in that movie. But th this just seems like bad casting. Odd casting. Yeah. Very odd. I mean, I suppose if you cast someone like James, it does keep your human costs down a bit. Yeah. You know, if you're not going for someone But are they is... really worried about costs with a Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I wouldn't think the budget would be too high. I wouldn't think the budget would be too high, but I think it's somewhere where, as it's going to be a mix of live action and animation, you really have to make sure you get that animation stuff absolutely nailed. 
and then the technology of sort of, you know, mocap, perhaps if they go that way, or, you know, structuring a live action shoot with something. You want to invest in the technology to make it look really good and blow people away on that front. That's probably where all the big money is going to go. Yeah. Um, but I was just very surprised when I when I saw this this week. Um, news that I was disappointed by. Um, the Crow. Now, I love the original Crow movie. Who, does, um, who doesn't? Well, assholes. Yeah. They don't love yeah. the Crow movie. Um, the Crow movie is, the original is amazing. I mean, you know, Brandon Lee in that is just superb. Yes. I, I, there's so many things. I, I've rewatched that movie so many times over the years. And Jeff used to be on the show. It was like his favorite movie of all time. Um, that remake has been through so many hands in Hollywood over the last couple of years. It's, it looks like the project is dead again now because Jason Momoa was attached to it um, to star as, as, as the Crow um, lead character. And uh, Corin Hardy was going to be directing it. And this was quite a way down the line. Both of them have now left that project, which means it's back in limbo. Uh, there was talk a couple of years ago um, of Luke Evans taking on the 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 the, the lead role um in this um i think he would have been better for me than jason momoa uh, i think physically we've seen him sort of bulk up for the terrible dracula untold um he would have been a really good representation for me but you know i mean i don't know why this has fallen apart again i do do you think audiences would buy into another crow movie first of all I, I mean, I think the bar set so high, yeah, by the original, and it, like you said, the only people who don't like it are assholes, yeah. And I grew up or people watching, who haven't seen it, yeah, or people who haven't seen it. I mean, I grew up watching that. I mean, it's a cult classic in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, I I feel like the again, it, it kind of I feel the same way about this as I feel about the Spawn movie. I feel like it it's something that. It's a property that at one point was very, very popular. Mm. People really wanted. And I think they just keep trying to do this. And if you look at the history of The Crow and all those freaking terrible direct-to-DVD yeah. movies. Those were a big mistake. Yes, they were a huge mistake. It's like those straight-to-video ones that kill the American Pie franchise. Exactly. Yeah. So I know they're trying to reboot this and they want to make it. But I feel like... The the original movie didn't do that great either, mm. and it was like a cult movie. Yeah, it wasn't. So, it wasn't so a massive maybe hit. if it was done from an independent standpoint, yeah. where it was a smaller budget with maybe lesser known actors, it might have the same appeal. But we've of seen the original. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, that's a valid point. But I think there's, there are several franchises that are that are great franchises in a similar kind of universe um, where they tried to go down that route with the lower budget and sort of unknown cast. Hellraiser is a really good example yes, of okay. that. Where again they killed that stone dead by so many. They thought cheap had to be cheap with a capital C across the board. They just didn't deliver quality in any area. And to me, that's more offensive than. You know, true, than having a, a big budget and, and screwing it up, certainly as a fan. But I think also the difference between um, when we were talking about Spawn earlier and, and now The Crow, the the image of Eric Draven is so iconic. I think there are people that know the imagery of, of Brandon Lee as that character, and they know they've seen the posters, they're aware of the movie, they haven't seen the movie, more so than they are Spawn which yes. I think is a bit more niche. It's like, you know, people who don't know who Che Guevara is, but then they would write, wear Che t-shirts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of... People who have never owned a Motley Crue album, everybody owns a Motley Crue t-shirt. It's that kind of thing. It, it's part of the pop culture. 
Um, you know, there are certain certain movies like that. So I, I really would like to see a Hollywood studio get behind it. Um, I don't mind them taking their time, but I just wish that they would get it right so people don't keep dropping off. There's only so many times that I think a project can publicly go through hands. They go behind, they go through hands behind the scenes all the time, every single day, all day long in Hollywood. You know, people go on and off projects. Um, but I think when it's this public, for for it to continually fall apart, it just starts to damage the property yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, There's a stink around I it. I think you know? what's what the problem is is that it just hasn't gotten in the right hands. Yeah. And but Corin would have been a really safe pair of hands yes, for this. Yes, yes. And I, I, it's a shame because I do think there's a market for this movie. Yeah. And I think with the right casting, right director, right writer, mm. there this has the potential of becoming another cult classic. It's just that for some reason, they haven't been able to find the right people, the right studio, whatever the case is. Yeah. And it's it's been disappointing. And after a while, when you start getting that bad taste in your mouth, like you're saying, yeah, I feel like you're better off leaving well enough alone. Just let it let it let it go now for a while and then maybe revisit this in a couple of years when it's not in the spotlight as much as it's been i think a big part of the crow as well was with the movie was and and this is something that, that mike marchant has mentioned in the chat um the original soundtrack, crow yes. soundtrack right yeah was such a giant piece of that movie yes. i mean it i think around that time two of my favorite soundtracks that came out were that one and the soundtrack for judgment night both, um, which is a film that actually didn't get a theatrical release in the UK. It went straight to DVD. You've seen Judgment Night. No, right? I have not. Me- it's amazing. You should, I should check that. I've got it okay. at home. I'll bring it in for you. Um, it, it's both amazing soundtracks. And there weren't that many soundtracks of that type that really moved past the film. People were buying the soundtrack without seeing the movie. It became such a huge part of, you know, of, of sort of that that zeitgeist. I think it, that's a really big part of this. Uh, okay, some other comments in there as well. Um uh, okay. Blumhouse, Blumhouse the is the crow. Yep. Do you know what, Filmer <laughs> Jamie? That is actually not the most no, ridiculous suggestion. Nope. And having already spoken about Spawn, mm-hmm. if we are talking about doing something on a lower budget that does deliver story, character, and visually yep. on Blumhouse that smaller budget, Blumhouse can do it. Yep. So that is not that is not the most ridiculous thing I've I've actually heard. No. I think that would be really really impressive. Um, okay, let's move on from the crow now. Uh, we are often very skeptical um, about tracking uh, on this show because sometimes it can be way off. I mean, I remember saying a couple of weeks ago people were predicting tracking that Solo was going to be the biggest Memorial Day opening oh, weekend yeah. for a movie yeah. of all time. 150, 170 million dollars. That did not happen. No, it did not. Um, reviews were lukewarm. 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 Yeah. Mm, lukewarm you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is actually the uh, stepbrother of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it's... I I, lo- I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I It was better than I was expecting. I had friends that worked on it. I, can't, I was told that it was basically going to be a shit show. It was going to be a mess of a movie. They were going to try and do what they could to save that. It was way better than I was expecting. I don't think that overcompensated for the fact that I enjoyed it um, because I thought it was not going to be particularly great. Um, I've been surprised by these standalone stories as, as being really nice as standalones, but also bringing in lore, canon stuff 
from the rest of the Star Wars stories. You can know nothing about Star Wars and watch Solo and actually enjoy it. It's quite thin. It's not as rich as some of the other Star Wars movies. It didn't have that darkness or that edge. But it was a... I don't like using the word, but it was a fun movie. Box Office, though, last weekend... It's 103 million domestic. Now, if you compare that to, say, uh, Rogue One, uh, which was a completely unknown quantity in the first standalone movie, that was 155. Uh, And even The Last Jedi, which was critically, generally Darth Mauled, um, 220 million. This is, is, you know, still 30% down on Rogue One um, with a lot of people in the cast who are perhaps more well-known than a lot of the cast of of Rogue One. Mm, That's Um, true. So what do you think went wrong with this at the box office last weekend? It was so far Uh, off tracking. I think, no, I I, I think initially when it came out, people were tracking it. I mean, this this has been one of those movies that people have been saying for years, ever since it went into production. Mm. Why are they making this? I don't want this. And I think what happened was... what typically happens in Hollywood is there becomes this backlash about a film. And Mm. then what happens is the studios, the media, they start spinning it Mm. and they say, no, 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 you're all wrong. It's going to be big. And it wasn't big. And, you know, now I've heard every single theory, like nobody wanted this movie, which a lot of people have already said, we get that. But now it's like, I've heard some crazy things like there's no female lead character in this movie. And that's the reason why it bombed. It's like, no, it's not. Um, The reason why it's bombed is be it. There's I'm not even going to go on the fatigue aspect of it because I I don't agree with that either. I I, 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 I feel that way. But the people who love these movies don't feel that way. Mm. The reason why this movie did not do well is there's a couple of reasons. The marketing wasn't that good for it. That's, that's one of the first things. Everyone was skeptical about it after those two guys, uh, the guys, the Lego movie guys left Mm -hmm. and Ron Howard stepped in. Ron Howard is a good director, but he's not fitting for this, this universe I feel. And I feel like when you're marketing this towards a younger demographic and then you have Ron Howard attached to it, I think people, are not connecting with that. And they feel like he came in and he had to kind of pace together this movie. Yeah. And it feels very paced together. I, I it, feel yeah, like it did. I mean, I, the, the there's first... certain things where the humor is yeah. there and then it drops off. And then some of the villains are very like generic. I mean, Woody Harrelson's character in this movie just felt like he woke up. He was like, Hey, you want to be in a star Wars movie? We'll give you a check. You just read your lines and just show up. That's how I felt about him. Mm. Now, I thought Alden did a really decent job of becoming the young Luke. Now, is it going to top Harrison Ford? Of course not, because that character is so iconic. People cannot forget that the Star Wars universe started with him. He's a different actor. Exactly. You can't can't have a younger version of a a character, Han, and then... You know, it'll be exactly the same. There's always going to be a difference. And also, when you're younger, you are a different kind of person to who you are when you're older. So there's you're the start of a growth journey. So there are going to be differences. And I think general characteristics are going to change as well. Yeah. And I mean, to to go on to the female standpoint of this movie. I don't buy that. But but what I'm saying 
is is that they do very much and i don't buy it i don't feel like that has anything yeah. to do with it but i will say like uh fanny newton yeah. feels very wasted in this movie mm-hmm. she, she she's there for what maybe 20 30 minutes yep. max yep and she's an interesting character yep um but she's she's kind of throwaway she's kind of a throwaway character mm-hmm. um i think for this is that there's no real fear there's no real um excitement attached to this movie like you kind of don't really care where it's going because you know where it's going and you know that there's no real risk involved that's that's always a danger when that's always a danger i think more so when you take rogue rogue one i think because the characters in there were new characters mostly they weren't characters that the average star wars fan knew um, a casual Star Wars fan. If you're hardcore, you'd, you'd kind of know how it all. And, fits and together. someone said this in the chat, but unnecessary. I, I, yeah, that's, that's the word I used in my review. It, yeah, I did not hate this movie. No, I just felt it exists, but, and I don't care about it. But one thing that's that's different with with Solo to to Rogue One is the fact that when you don't have an affinity or you don't have a preconceived idea, you go into it and everything is fresh and new, and everything comes to you. You're building new relationships with new characters, whether it's for one movie or to then be later on built into the saga. But when you are dealing with characters like Chewbacca, Han Solo, etc., etc., and you're already taking characters that you have an affinity, an opinion on, you know, certain attachments to, you cannot help but bring that baggage, for want of a better word, to you with this new product. This is different. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it is it, that it's you're always going to be on the back foot with that. And if you have a particular affinity for Harrison Ford and he's you know, you think he's the best that's ever. If you see Alden Ehrenreich doing it, you know, you're you're, you're going to have a little bit of a problem with that. I just think the fact that people weren't excited about this movie. No, they weren't. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't I don't even necessarily agree with the fact that it was unnecessary. I don't and, think and any what, films are kill, necessary. And what, what kills me, though, about this is that all this talk now yeah. about what the next one should be. How about we don't focus on backstory yeah. of these characters because we just don't need it. Yeah. Why don't we just continue on and create there's how many hundreds of books, comics, whatever there mm. are about this? There's so many storylines we can go on. Yeah. Let's stop banking on nostalgia. Or do something completely new. Or do something completely This of the two. this franchise, my biggest struggle with it is that the reason why I just don't care about it that much mm. anymore is that I just feel like it's stuck in the same place. It's like, all right, so we had The Force Awakens. Let's reinvent the wheel, put yeah. in new characters. And the new generation really connects to these characters. Mm-hmm. Me, not so much. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent towards them. You know, cool. they're fine. There's nothing really wrong with them. But they're not as interesting as the original characters that I grew up on. Yeah, you've been there. You've done that. Exactly. Yeah. So there's just nothing fresh and new about these. And what, what they're doing with these prequels and why this is so tiresome. And like now we're like, oh, maybe we should do a Princess Leia movie or, you know, uh, what's Boba Fett? Like, let's do those. It's like, no, can we just move away? There's so many more characters that you can create. Like, yeah. the the world is your oyster. Do something new. Try yeah. something different. Be a little risky for fucking Christ's sake. I mean, I I don't I don't buy. I mean, we we discussed that the whole thing about oh, I didn't have a female lead. I think you know you, you, that's not that's not the problem here. Um, but also, people were saying this week this is. I mean, I don't I I kind of buy into the fatigue, yeah. not entirely, but the whole thing. Some people were saying, you know, Star Wars is Star Wars dead? No, no, no. Star Wars is not no. dead. This is a blip. Every single franchise has a blip. You know, and look at the Marvel Universe. Okay, yeah. a Marvel Universe. There's like 
two or three great films every phase, and then there's like one or two really mediocre films. Yes, yeah. I mean there are there are plenty of Marvel movies that you know have. I mean Iron Man two, yeah, really good example. Yeah, you know, Thor, Thor two, the, yeah, exactly. But, you know, not not a great movie. Um, and you see people when they compile their top ten lists of Marvel movies or whatever, something's got to be in the bottom, <laughs> right? You know, right, right. it can't all be at the top. No, so I don't I don't buy into that. And Star Wars is certainly not dead. I think this is a blip, and I think it's something of an enigma as a movie because it got so far down the track, and then so much of it had to be redone. It's not the movie that was originally on the page. Obviously, movies change in the process, but this was quite so completely different. It was a rehash. It's basically taking it's like taking a loaf of bread and turning it into French toast. It's still bread, but it's something completely different. Yeah. Um, do you think do you think Phil and Lord Miller would have done a better job if they were like still attached to this project? I think I I don't know. I'd love to see what their cut was. I don't think we ever will. I don't we think won't. that's ever we gonna won't. happen. No. Um but I would have really been interested to see. I sometimes I'm I'm for comedy movies and sometimes I'm not. I was really worried with The Last Jedi with the comedy all the way running through that. I was like, this is not gonna be great for no. me. But do you know what? I just think that at least that was consistent, so you knew what you were getting. For me, like the it took me a little while to get into solo. I thought the first 15 minutes seemed very disconnected to the the rest of the movie. It didn't quite it didn't gel for me. Um a lot of the characters had to be completely recast and reshot. I, I just it was it was a bitzer. You know, it was a bitsa movie for me. And I think at the end of the day, considering that, I actually liked it a lot. I really enjoyed the movie. I had, you know, a lot of fun with it. But I don't think it's as good as it could have been. Yeah. And I don't think the audience ultimately were that interested. And I think the fact that it's come out six months when people are still talking about The Last Jedi. Um, oddly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wish they'd stop, but there you yeah. go. Um, I, I just think it was a little bit too soon. I don't think if we're going to have a Star Wars movie on a regular basis, whether it's a a prequel, a, a sequel, a spin-off, I think a year is plenty of long enough. But when you keep releasing them year after year after year, and this goes for other franchises as well, you do lose that special touch. You do lose that, you know, it, the uniqueness, the, the, the want for these films. Because you know it's coming. It's like Christmas or birthdays. You know it's going to come. Right. Uh, two years, I think, is plenty for these movies. And then if you want to have a spin-off, maybe in between there, great. But I think really two years is what we should have as a gap between these movies. But don't you think they should be following, like, more different storylines like yeah it's, I it's just like they just keep going back take they're the like oh well, Rogue One. this is safe this yeah. is how i feel this is what how i feel about this everything is like safe they're playing it too safe yeah i no, i think so i think they should take the lesson from rogue one do new stories with new characters or as you say go back and do comic books but star wars is certainly not dead when i saw people writing no, articles no. this week i got a little bit pissy about it on twitter but I was just like, it's not dead. It's going to continue. And the next Star Wars movie is going to be huge. This yes. is, and do you know what? I just think it, it never hurts for a studio when they have a franchise. And this is not just for Disney, but when you have a, a franchise or a series that is repeatedly very, very successful, breaking box office records, it never hurts for you occasionally to have that little bit of a poke in the ass where it's like, don't get cocky. Yes. Don't take how you do your marketing, how you do your editorial, how you do your rollout. Don't take that for granted. You have to work for every single movie. Don't just assume that this is going to be a hit. Yes. But also reinvent the wheel. Do something fresh and creative around all of them. Yeah. But do I, something I, like I think that. it should also be pointed out that this is the first movie in this new universe where they actually had an issue with directors. It is. Where yep. so Whenever like something like that happens, you know, we yeah. can we can go back to Justice League for this too. 
is that there always becomes this level of there's this confusion. How much of this is is them? How much of this is Howard? You yeah. know, just like that was what, what, how much was Snyder? How much was Whedon? And I feel like that always leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth. Whenever yeah. someone walks away from a project that's like somewhere in the middle of shooting, people always go, "Uh oh, something's something's a little fishy. Something's rotten." Yeah. And I think that also hurt this movie. Yeah. Because there was no way that people who are diehard fans of this franchise forgot about that. Yeah. Maybe casual moviegoers who were just like, eh, Star Wars movie's out. I'll go see it. But these, you know, the people are chatting along with us. People who watch shows like this. Yeah. These people know their crap. And that's why they always call us out when we don't know it. Yep. So... That's that's how I feel no, I about think, that. I think that's fine. Uh, okay, so talking, staying with the subject of tracking, but moving away sure. from Solo. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, um, which opens, I think, in the UK uh, next week, uh, and then we get it two weeks later here. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh, is looking at the moment to track an opening around $140 million uh, domestic. If you compare that to Jurassic World, which went on to break several records, that opened at $208 million. Uh, obviously, just it for inflation that goes up ever so slightly. Um, I th- I think this is low. I think it's low too. I think we can quite easily stick twenty to thirty on there. I agree quite easily because the film and going back briefly to Solo, the movie that I see people talking about this summer is Jurassic World: Lost Kingdom. Ocean's Eight is is picking up a lot of momentum, but that that comes out uh, here in the US uh, next Friday, um, so this this will ha- that will have like two weeks difference, different kind of movie, but definitely Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is the summer blockbuster that that I know most people are most psyched about. Incredibles Two is another strong one, but as far as this kind of movie, Jurassic World is 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 up there. Is that the feeling that you're oh sort of absolutely? Getting as well? I feel like this is the movie that everyone's been talking about, yeah. everyone's been building up to. Um, you know, Jurassic Park in itself was yeah. again. This is this is going back to that 1994 when that came out. It, it's amazing how much of an effect that had on popular culture. Yeah, and it was unique. It was different. And since then, we've had a lot of monster movies. We had a lot of dinosaur movies, whatever the case may yeah. be. But then when that was being re- redone, that franchise and like kind of re- retold, um, that just went apeshit. Everyone went apeshit about it. And Jurassic, this one to me, yeah. Looks like a step up from the last one. Now, I know there's a lot of talk on the internet like, oh, it's just going to be like the Lost World all over again. But I feel like they're going to pick up the mistakes that they made in the last one and fix them in this one. I have a very good feeling. I don't know why. I think it's the director, the change of director. A lot of people are super psyched about that change. But I'm I'm, I'm still a little cautious because I was one of those people who was sort of disappointed with... Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, you see, I, I I was one of the few that genuinely I loved Jurassic World. Did you really? Everything that I was, everything that I went in as far as a popcorn movie that was a Jurassic World movie or Jurassic Park movie in the franchise, um, I, I came out genuinely satisfied. You there are holes think, I could have picked in it. You didn't think the, like, 
Okay, so in the original Jurassic Park movie, yeah. the kids, I thought, were really great. They were a great aspect of that story. The kids were not great. And no, that's what I was going to say. And yeah. to me, that was a really big distraction from the movie. And just the way that they came to the park and, they, oh, we're just going to drop the kids off at the park. And, like, it just it felt so heavy-handed. But to me, I mean, just generally comparing Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, they're two... I know. I mean, I, I remember know. I was working in a movie theater when Jurassic Park came out. And when I went to, I was very lucky we had like a screening for, for staff um, and local media people um, locally in, in my hometown uh, on a Sunday morning. 93, yes, you're right. And Sorry. I, I, lost, I lost my shit when I saw that movie. There has been, there hadn't been a movie for years before that that had made me like have sort of, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck when I had hair. Um, stand up and you know my arms my tingling and there have been very few films since then that have given me that kind of sensation sometimes because it's like oh my favorite franchise is back or whatever or just general excitement but I remember that like it was just such a vivid memory it's difficult when you basically go back and you do the new Jurassic Park, which Jurassic World was. It was yes. going back to, to the drawing board and re- restarting a franchise. It's always difficult to recapture that. And I think because it was so brilliantly and perfectly cast, the first one, Spielberg did an amazing job. Um, it was always going to be difficult to try and replicate that with like children for children, scientists for scientists, hero for hero. They were always going to be up against something really hard with that. And I'm just not a massive fan of child actors in movies anyway. I'm just not a massive fan of kids. You know, I, I just I just find they're generally quite awkward or not that engaging in movies. Um, and you are right. That was a big flaw in it. But for everything else that it brought to the table, yeah, it was chintzy and, you know, a little bit kitsch in places. But I, I really liked it. it. Certainly wasn't my film of the year by any stretch of the imagination. But it was a crowd pleaser. And it put bums on seats. And for a summer blockbuster, it, it delivered... You know, what what people wanted for that. Um, It was never going to be fancy high art. It was never going to be Jurassic Park. You cannot recapture or or recreate that spectacle. It was always going to be difficult. But this, I think, perhaps comes closer to that. This can build on, as you say, Jurassic World and bring something new, spectacular, whether that's darkness, tension, um, you know, shock. I don't know what they're going to bring. I also love but. that the director, because the director attached to this is someone who has taken on a lot of character-driven work. Yeah, and, very much so, and, yeah. And I feel like, have and, and has done independent work before, and um, I just feel he has proven himself worthy of this franchise. Yeah. And I'm so psyched to see what he does with it. Yeah. And Chris Pratt seemed to like tone it down a little bit more. I, you know, they don't have Bryce Dallas Howard running in heels. Cause I remember during a press tour for Pete's dragon, she was talking about like, I will never wear heels yeah. in a movie where I have to run all the time. So I already see some like minor. She should never work with Tom Cruise then. No, I know. I know. No. <laughs> Just saying. No, no mission impossible for you. <laughs> Um, but I'm I I I am really psyched to see yeah. it. I'm, I'm trying to hold myself and not set the bar too high, yeah. Because I don't want to be disappointed because I'm I'm a freaking fanatic on dinosaurs and I love dinosaur movies, right? And uh, I'm hoping that this one helps wash that bad taste out of my mouth that the last one left. I mean, I I watched Jurassic Park so many times, 25th anniversary right. this year, and I know Universal Studios in, in Hollywood have been doing like a, a huge event for for it. They did a special weekend a couple of weeks ago, and they're changing over yeah. the, the ride there. Um, I mean, I've watched Jurassic Park so many times, and it still gives me 
goosebumps. Yes. It's still, oh. it's, it has not lost any of that magic. I've watched Jurassic World and it doesn't have that effect on me, no. but it's still, you know, still an impressive movie. A lot of people in the chat, um, John Harrison saying that um, J.A. Biona um, hopefully injects proper horror into Jurassic World 2. And the reactions seem to indicate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jurassic World uh, was an awesome concept. Lukewarm overall movie outside the final dinosaur felt. Yep. Yeah, I totally, I can, I can understand that. I can get on board with that. Uh, just get bothered when Jurassic Park looks better than Jurassic World, SFX-wise. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but uh, there aren't many movies that can actually hold uh, up that well. I mean, I was watching something, what was I watching the other day? It was a sci-fi movie, and it wasn't even that old. And I was just like, good God, this looks so horribly dated. Uh, even, God, was it Terminator 3? Oh, um, yeah. I at the beginning of that, where um, uh, Christiana Loken is um, uh, trying to connect to the internet at the beginning of the movie, and she's doing modem sounds into a, into a phone. And I'm like, the phone is out of date. But Jurassic World, even though the technology in that kind of looks a bit, you know, hokey, um, it it doesn't affect anything else. It does. It, you could still believe that that was old computers in an old room somewhere. Um, you know, I think it holds up in so many ways that other movies don't. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, that's the big. I think that's the big problem with studio films in general now is that everyone, that, everything is a visual spectacle, right? Yeah. That's every yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I, every review I write, every yeah, every review I write for like every Disney movie, every Warner Brothers movie yeah. that's a big budget, Universal. I mean, wow, the visuals are breathtaking in this. Wow, it's better than the last one. And then, like, when you go back and watch it in about five to ten years, you're going to be like, boy, these visuals were shitty. Yeah. Because they just don't hold when up. When you try I to mean, be so current, you can yeah. date yourself. So a really good example of this, I saw Hotel Artemis this week. Yes. Um, and that is a movie that not only manages to have a classic gothic and 1970s vibe and feel to it, visually and sort of even sort of hourly with, with the soundtrack. And yet it's set in the future and still has that element of believable futurism. Yes. So that is not, that is ageless. You've almost future proof that movie. And you've also kept it rooted in something that is 40 years ago, which is very, very rare. And many movies in, in Hollywood fail to do that in a very spectacular way. They're all beep, boop, beep. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Sandra Bullock's The Net in yeah, the last oh 10 my, years? Yeah. Good wow. God, that yeah. looks terrible. So there's a certain skill to this. Not everybody can do it. I've actually stopped watching um, Jurassic World Lost Kingdom trailers now because I want to make sure that I, wherever possible, go in with that element of shock and awe because that is 60% of these movies, oh, possibly more. 100%. Possibly more. I've been trying to step back away from them too. You know, unfortunately, I run a website, so I actually have to post a trailer. And yeah. then I'm kind of like, oh, I should watch this. Yeah. And write a little something. And but it can kind of crush it. It does. It does. It sets it sets the expectations. They always show, show, like, some of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. And you're just kind of like... And then some of them just give away the entire movie, <laughs> which has been happening more yeah. frequently than needs to be going on right now. Uh, let's rattle through um, sure. a, f- a few other things I want to talk about. Um, there's some casting news on Netflix's movie The King. Uh, we already knew that Timothy Chalamet um, and Joel Edgerton uh, were going to be in the cast. This week they added, among others, Ben Mendelsohn and Robert Pattinson. Um, I have interviewed Robert many times over the years. He is someone who is really becoming more interesting to me as an actor 
as his career progresses. I don't know if you've seen The Rover, the movie he did with Guy yeah, Pearce yeah. a couple of years ago. Phenomenal performance. Did you see Damsel yet? Uh, I haven't seen Damsel. Yeah. No. But I mean, I, I, I just, it, everything I see him in now as his career progresses mm-hmm. uh, is just, he just continues to, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio, where he stopped being the pretty boy, the face. He's being hired for the way that he looks. And he's now really becoming a really good actor. He's, he's like someone who opens a restaurant and then goes back to chef school. You know, he's, he's doing superbly well. And I can see him really just blowing Hollywood away in the next couple of years. Um, he shed that Twilight thing. But Ben Mendelsohn as well. I, superb actor. Ben, ben Mendelsohn's superb amazing. Actor. Just brilliant. So that, to me, is an amazing cast they've assembled there. Uh, Top Gun 2 has started shooting. The first still image came out this and week. Everyone was tweeting that yesterday. Oh, my God. We shouldn't encourage it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you feel about it. I love Top Gun. I do, too. It's so and great. I, I grew up all... with it, and it's the nostalgia. And, I mean, it's just a fun buddy movie, and Tom Cruise is so awesome in it. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel sad. You feel sad? I feel sad, Scott. Sad panda? Uh, sad panda. <laughs> I just I just don't I, I there are so many Tom Cruise movies that I would much rather see a sequel to than Top Gun. I, I if it involves drones. I'm sorry. I'm that I'm not I'm not interested. It was a very much a movie of its time. I don't want to see I mean, Hollywood's doing it anyway, so fuck me. But I just don't... I'm, it's not as... Ex- it's different, you know? I don't want... And I also... The days of Top, Crew, uh, Top Gun and, like, Iron Eagle and those movies were... Even, like, you know, even before that, like Blue Thunder, where you got choppers I flying know. in the planes. Those... The days they of that feel kind like, of movie yeah, They feel gone. like they're stuck in that particular era. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're in 80, like late 80s, early 90s. They should not be, be attempted again. And... I know everyone's really excited right now, um, but I don't. I, I think everyone's going to be very disappointed when it doesn't have the Mission Impossible effect. When people, when yeah. this movie comes out and people are going to go like, "Man, Tom Cruise again!" It's like maybe it'll be a new Mission Impossible franchise. Like, no, it's not. I just, I don't have a good gut feeling, and then everyone's going to cr- critique the hell out of it because they're like, "Oh, it's not as like it we doesn't were, have this kind of scene or that whole, kind of scene." The whole or... theme of this show should be like. It doesn't live up to the original because that's like kind of how I feel yeah. like with everything we're talking yeah. about. Like everything has this bar, this expectation that has been set and it's that magic is gone. Like, let's be honest. You're not going to be able to recreate it. We've lost that loving feeling. Yeah. Ooh, that loving feeling. Yeah. I just, I, that was just such a, it had so many, so many moments in it that became iconic and classic that that film has just become one big, like classic sushi roll. Yes. And I, I don't, you know, I love sushi, but sometimes you have your fill, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. great. I just don't think we need that. But I mean, no. do you know no. what? I'll, I've said that, but I'll still go and see it, and I'll just we, cry. We all are, let's be I'll honest. I mean, that's the thing. If you're, yeah. if you're a critic, if you're someone who's a journalist, you're going to see these movies regardless. It's whether or not audiences are going to see them. And again, there's going to be those people who are fans of the original. They're going to be the people who are first in line, but they're also going to be the ones who are going to be the most critical about this movie. Well, Zias B. Lou has said in the chat, uh, yes. very active today, Zias, um, never got into Top Gun in the first place way before my time, which is another problem. Yes. Because yes. people like you and I, who were around when the first movie came out, it's such a big part of our lives. There is an entire generation that's come after that now. Um, 
who don't have that connection and don't have that affinity, which could be a plus and could be a minus. Because if you're not a big fan or attached to the first one, why would you want to go and see the second one? So you have to really try and do something completely different. And I'm not entirely sure that drones... Is what is what's yeah. going to put asses on seats? Yes, yes. Um, Mike Marchant saying that Top Gun Two would be cool if they play up to the Russian collusion thing. <laughs> Do you know what I, I think? Actually, Mike's got a point there because obviously, even though the first one wasn't about the Cold War, unlike so many movies in that era, um, this was about the, the personalities and the relationships between the people as much as anything. Um, I think if they kind of did the the reverse Cold War thing, I think that and look at the sort of current political climate worldwide. I think that would actually be way more interesting. But then, do you become War Games Live? That, that's, that's the problem, you know? Um, so I like, I like the idea, and that certainly interests me more than drones do. Um, but I don't know. John Harrison saying, as long as Luke Hemsworth is not playing some young and up-and-coming pilot who takes over from Cruise, uh, they'll be all right. <laughs> I agree. Um, do you know what? Yeah, Zayas Bilu again saying, probably going to flop uh, like The Mummy did for Tom Cruise. Nothing's going to flop like The Mummy uh, did. Mike Marchant has suggest- <laughs> suggested Top Gun 2 collusion. Yeah. Mike says, uh, no Kenny Loggins soundtrack. No Kenny, Kenny Loggins, Loggins soundtrack. soundtrack. You take that back, yeah. Mike. You take uh... that back. Uh, you've got to have some Kenny Loggins in there. Come on. You know they're going to have, have You know they're going to put Let's it in Let's not there. have someone like redoing Danger Zone. You know, like, I don't know. I dread to think. Nicki Minaj <laughs> doing her. Don't. That never. Oh, don't. I've let the cat out of the bag. The Minaj out of the bag. Yeah. Uh, look at some other stuff. Woody Harrelson confirming that he's going to appear in Venom and Venom 2. I didn't know there was a Venom 2. Looks like we're getting one. Woody's going to be in it. They hope. I mean, the buzz in that movie is not good right now. Yeah. I mean, even, again, I know it's a comic book movie, but if that does bad numbers at the box office, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I think we need to talk about this for just two seconds. Sure. Tom Hardy, who, you know, knocked it out of the park with Mad Max, but before Mad Max, really wasn't that big or bankable of an actor. Yeah. And the fact that they're putting him in this role and hoping that he sells a big franchise that people love again and his mumbling, which I can't understand half the shit he says in that trailer, like most of the trailers. He also has a ridiculous accent. Oh, Oh, my God. Two two things at once. So blah, blah, tea, something, something, (laughs) royal family, something, something, crumpets. Yeah. I I just don't know. Everyone who I talk to about this movie is not psyched Mm. at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see sort of you know whether that grows or not. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, the Penguin could be the villain in Matt Reeves' Batman. I'm down for this. Totally down for that. I'm down for this. I'm more down than uh, <laughs> than a thing that's very down. Right, right. On right, that, right, I love right. the Penguin. Put I mean, your I, shoes on the ground. Yeah, I'm just insanely down. Uh, I mean, I love uh, the Penguin is one of my favorite Batman villains anyway. Mine too. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, having grown up with the with the the, the Tim Burton movies, I thought Danny DeVito's Penguin was amazing. Uh, I would love to see. Um, what what they can do with this now. And there are so many people who could do an amazing job with that. We've got so much talent out there right now. But yeah, when I saw this this week, I was like, that would be awesome. Uh, and a- it'd be a nice change of pace, because I feel like he hasn't gotten much love lately. Yeah. Penguin as a character. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And he's such so classic um, that I think that will appeal... I think there's an element of... I think a lot of the comic book movies have... Well, I discussed this when, when Jeff was on the show. Um... A lot of comic movies, they struggle with having really good villains, you know? Yes. Uh, and that's DC and Marvel. 
Both of them, um, yeah. You know, both of them are as, as guilty as, of this as ever. Um, I think Marvel have m- more, better villains, but they also have more movies. So their odds are It depends, because, I mean, I could go back to the but I, the original, like Tim Burton, Batman. Yeah. With both of those had, man, the, both Jack Nicholson and yeah, Danny yeah. DeVito, and even Michelle Pfeiffer as Cow. Like, those were yeah. great yeah. villains. I, and and he, Nolan's uh, movies had great villains, too. And even in the, uh, the the third Batman movie, which obviously Tim Burton didn't direct, yes. you know, I I really enjoyed Jim Carrey as the Riddler. He fit. He fit. I the thought film. he was great. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones, mm, Two Face, and yeah. he binds that, and you know. But and certainly the fourth one, we won't talk about that. Uh, Batman and Robin. No, I'm not very good. Um, but yeah, ice. the Penguin is still. I genuinely excited about that. Um, Movie Pass uh, news this week that they're getting into uh, movie production. Um, very interesting. They're looking to produce and distribute their own movies. Interesting stuff around the Movie Pass model. Do you think if they do you think they realistically do this or do you think that this is just an idea that's floated that there, there seems to be an ideas war between them pr- and their competitors I, no, well, here's right the, now? Here's the interesting thing about that. I got a press release this week. I don't remember what movie it was, but that was already on there. It was already on there. So they're they're already fully on board with it. And there was a red carpet recently where MoviePass were actually the sponsors oh. for the movie. So they are moving in that direction. Yeah, I think what they're doing is I think they're trying to con- create their own kind of like network or entity yeah and i mean they they already said they're not interested in doing stuff with like ron tomatoes yep they're moving away from that model yep they um already are raising eyebrows with how much they're charging for their services and they keep going back and forth whether people can see it once they can see it 20 times um the price point you know whatever and now getting into this i mean it seems like someone over there has a very big grand scheme on their hands. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see if it plays out or not. Because I think we do need a new voice like this. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think we have Netflix kind of like setting the bar for streaming. Yeah. And then we have the studio system still in play. Mm-hmm. But this seems like it's going to be a wonky combination of both in a little bit. And we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of production companies and distributors falling by the wayside yes. in the last couple of years because there, there's a lot of crowded markets. I mean, even you know, and a lot of these smaller ones are putting out movies that sometimes end and sometimes don't. You know, entertainment studios—they've oh. released a number of things that Bleaker haven't Street. done. Uh, the Orchard? I don't a- know. A24 put out some movies that hit and a lot that don't. STX put a lot out. Oh, that yes. Don't, you know, don't get what they should do. It's a crowded market for movies, and it's certainly a crowded market for production companies. So it's it's an interesting idea how successful it's going to be. I don't know. But I'm certainly going to be watching that over the next couple of months yeah. with, um, you know, with, with you know, very very closely because I think it's certainly an interesting idea. I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, Hollywood to make Creepy Crawlers movie. Uh, this is apparently a game. Yes, it was. Uh, in, it I was, was in not the, aware uh, of this game. It's in the '90s. Okay, late '90s. Right. Um, well, I was I, I was grown up I by then, so if I, I was playing games. I don't know I, how I feel about it. It's it's again. Haven't we learned our lesson about turning board games into movies? The and answer is no. No, well, I know evidently, but it's best question of the of the day. Who is this for? Well, who is this for? But I asked, who was the hungry, uh, the Angry Birds movie for? And that, but that did at least, well. At least, and then that's, that... at least that's animated, right? Yeah. And like you know that kids are going to see it. Hell, the, even the Moji movie, which was total shit. You know that still had 
some box office receipts. Yeah. Like it, it didn't do as as well as Sony hoped for. They which should I don't do know. like a really highbrow Creeper live Crawley. action version of Creeper Crawlies with like Ian McKellen <laughs> right. as like right. Red Caterpillar or yeah. Patrick Stewart as Green Caterpillar. <laughs> that would be great. X Men become Creepy Crawlies. Do you uh. know what? I'd buy a ticket for that, probably. <laughs> You're going to go see it. Not yeah, a bad idea. Like but yeah, I, it'll be really interesting to see. You know, a lot of these ideas are thrown around. How many of them actually They didn't become, announce who the director was, right? Uh, not yet, no, no. But I mean, I have screenwriters who go into to meetings on a regular basis. A, a screenwriter friend of mine went into a meeting with, with Hasbro um, like just over a year ago. And I've, Which, I've by the way, the... did you hear the news that the Power Ranger movie franchise is continuing with Hasbro? Yeah. Which I am very excited about. Yeah, I mean, I I think they could probably do something some something good with that. But no, there was, this guy was literally taken into a room. Was like, here are loads of games. Write <laughs> write stories for these. Come up with ideas for movies. I can't wait for the Monop- Monopoly movie. Well, I'm, I mean, there was talk, so, so, there was talk of I know, that. I know there was talk of that. But you know, I, I don't know. Battleship didn't turn out too well. No. Um, Alex Garland's doing the rounds at the moment um, because Annihilation has come out on Home Entertainment uh, and saying uh, I can't remember who he did the interview with, but saying that there's going to be no Annihilation sequel because the not movie surprised did, by that because the movie did so well in the first place too. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that was I, I actually did my own interview with him for um, for, for Forbes um, this week, and I, I very bluntly asked him the fact that m- most of his movies whether he's written them or directed them, they don't make a lot of money. Ex Machina is probably his most successful project. Um, and I said, how, how, how do Hollywood keep giving you money? And he's like, I don't know. My movies, more often than not, don't make money. People lose money on me. And yet they keep giving me movies to make. So I'm no surprise there's not going to be um, no. uh, you know, a sequel to Annihilation. And I don't think that many people are actually asking for one so i don't think even the demand is there unlike say dread yes you know where people would love a dread sequel that's not the same buzz around annihilation but yeah no it's it's you might want to check out the interview on on forbes if you go to forbes and search simon thompson uh, you'll be able to find my interview with with alex on there Uh, a couple of things started filming this week including maleficent 2 uh i don't know if you saw these pictures online i enjoyed the first one a lot so did i it was very dark. Yeah, and I enjoyed I was that. Expecting. And I mean, mm. some of the subject matters that were in that movie were very edgy for a Disney film, and I appreciated them. And of all the live-action Disney redos, I think that is still my favorite. Yeah. Um, I think Pete's Dragon is probably second. Uh, then... Pete's Dragon probably takes that one for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love See, it's, Pete's it's Dragon. It's close. Maleficent was was then it was Pete's Dragon. Uh, Cinder and I didn't really I didn't really buy into that one much. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens with the other ones. Um, okay, so and also uh, John Wick three is due to wrap very very soon. So they've almost finished that. That, that, that is fran- going to be going into that post. franchise is the shit. It's oh, so good. It's so good. And yeah. I, and that second one, very rarely do we see a movie that tops the first very one. Rarely. That one yeah. was really awesome. raised the bar. Uh, yes, yeah, so we talked about James Marsden as well. Let's talk about box office. Um, uh, not no major movies coming out this weekend, really. Great um, independent movies, though. Great this week. independent movies, and it's a really good weekend to actually check out some stuff that's been out for a little while that you 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 might have passed over. Uh, we'll get to those in a second. So, really, the three main releases this week are Action Point, which is looking to take about five point five million this weekend. Um, Adrift, thirteen million. Uh, I'm quite surprised 
by that um, estimate for the opening weekend. I am too. I, I, that movie is not something that I'm really seeing even advertising. I don't know what it's like outside of LA, but I'm not seeing a lot of a lot of ad space for that. And then Upgrade, which I have seen, um, and I'm talking to, to Lee One L um, about today actually for for Forbes. Um, it's two point five million. Do you know what I? I think that can do more than two point five million. What, what's the figures? Do you know the? Fi- I'm sorry if you don't have this information for Amer- American Animals. Uh, I don't have that. That wasn't actually. I think that wasn't even going to be in top ten. Oh, okay. Um, so it, yeah, I, I I think Upgrade is is out of all of those. I think that's going to be the one that I think is going to possibly push above what the estimate is because I know a lot of people are super psyched about that. Lee has a good track record and he's he is plugging that movie he has worked so hard to promote that film over the last couple of weeks he's literally gone to every single corner of the u.s to promote that movie so kudos to him um have you seen any of those i saw pretty much all of them except for action point because there was no screening sure what do you think of adrift um really strong performances yeah uh by both sam and shailene uh beautifully shot Mm mm-hmm there's something missing from it. Yeah. There's an emotional push in that movie that needs to be there, and it's missing. And I don't know how to describe it because my wife pointed this out, is that when you take that movie apart, all the pieces are perfect. Mm. But when you put it together, something's missing, and I don't know what that is. Right. So I, I still recommend it because it's a remarkable true story, and the fact that it's actually based and it follows the person's story pretty precisely, mm-hmm. that makes it all the more interesting to me, but it's still missing the emotional edge uh, edge at the end. It looked interesting to me, but it didn't seem like a movie that I would want to take time out to go and watch it in a movie theater. I think... Am I wrong on that? um, Yeah, it's an independent film. Yeah, I mean, it's not an independent film because it's released by STX and it's getting a major release, but it feels like an independent film and something that you would watch at home. Right. It's an on-demand type movie. Um, so despite the scape of the fact that it's obviously set in the open seas, it's not like in order to get the maximum effect from that, you need to see it. Um, I mean, there's some great scenes yeah. in the ocean. Right. And I mean, when those scenes hit, I think you can only really appreciate that, appreciate them on the big screen. Yeah. And there are a few of those in the movie. And I, I do recommend this movie a lot. And especially if you're someone who is tired of, I mean, throughout this entire year, I feel like it's been summer movies all year yeah. so far. Like every movie that's hit, has been like some big budget movie besides Quiet Place, but like again, that Quiet Place could have came out in the summer and even done well too because it's a horror movie. Yeah. But this is a nice kind of like step back where you feel like okay, it's a personal movie where it's like two actors. It really rides on their chemistry, and I think they really own it. I think they own the movie. Interesting. Um, upgrade. You like that? Yeah. Uh, fascinating concept. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the ending. Familiar in so many ways, yet completely unique in many others. Right. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the performances in that? Uh, I was very surprised, actually. Really good. Yeah. Um, I, sort of throwbacks to some other things. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed the whole thing. It was campy when it needed to be. It went hard when it needed to. Um, and I think when it needed to be, uh, it, when it needed to be calm, it was brilliantly calm. So it allowed those really sort of strong set pieces to to really ramp up the action. It was really, it was a nice, it was a nice up and down. Um, I think this effect. is going to be the surprise of the weekend. I think so. I think it's going to take more than two point five. Yeah, I can see this really opening around the five mark. Um, they've done a lot of a lot of press on this movie. Um, now I thought it was great. I thought the soundtrack for this was phenomenal as well. Yeah. Um, really, the whole package came together, and it's also oh my god, it's like an hour and twenty minutes. 
Oh, I know. That's it. Which was just, it so played in its favour. Um, you know, it's in and it's out and it does what it needs to do and it does it really nicely. And it has really a fantastic strong. ending too, by the way. Superb ending. And there's there's very little sort of exposition yes. or like, you know, just filling. I mean, there's so many movies that fill time when you could take entire scenes out. Um, and this really didn't do that. It was lean. It was sharp. It was smart. It was funny in places where it needed to be, but that never detracted away from sort of the serious elements. I, I, I was, it's one of the strongest films I've seen um, for a while. It genuinely reminded me of movies like Blade Runner, um, The Terminator, uh, so many, so many sort of uh, influences in there as well. I actually did a tweet about it last week. Um, it, it's it's such a strong movie. It's really really strong. It's a nice mixture of like action, sci-fi, and even elements yeah. of horror. Yeah. So it, it really works to so many different genres, and it's simplistic, but yet still intelligent. Yeah. And that's rare to find something that's simple yet intelligent. And when it shocks, it doesn't do it for shocking sake. No. It really pulls it out of the bag because there's a damn good reason. Right. So this is what the top five is looking at uh, this weekend. Solo's going to be still number one. A lot of people just playing got out of the way of Solo because they thought it was going to go big. It just simply hasn't done that. Looking at pulling in, I've seen reports between 30 and 60 million this weekend. If it's 60, that's a very strong second weekend and it means that word of mouth has actually brought people in, people that were on the fence. I think 30 is a little bit low. I think we can see a little bit more around that. I think, you know, I think 45, 50... You know, I think he's going to be more realistic. Deadpool 2 is going to be in second place with around 22.6, uh, 22.5. Uh, Adrift is likely to come in at third with 13, which I'm surprised by. Yeah, I'm pretty I surprised. St- I still by don't that. know if I buy that number. I'm not entirely buying that. Um, Avengers: Infinity War, eleven point two, and then rounding out the top five is going to be Book Club, seven point three. Book Club is a movie I think that actually is worth, even if it's a movie that a lot of people are kind of going to dismiss because it's older women. It's a movie that I really enjoyed. It's one of the nicest surprises that I had this year. The other thing about that movie, again, it's like a drift. It's a change of pace. Yeah, there's nothing else like it, and so- it's smart. Yes, really smart. Um, uh, you know, it, it delivers the laughs, it delivers the the drama. Um, it's some really nice set pieces in there. I I I was not expecting to like Book Club as much as I did. Breaking In is still out there with Gabrielle Union. I mean, I I personally I do love a home invasion movie, and that that was a bit of sort of cheesy popcorn fun for me. <laughs> oh, you like that? One? I like that. Oh. I know a lot of people did oh. not like that movie. I mean, it's a movie you can totally catch on home entertainment and not lose anything around it. I. I like that movie more. And I was not expecting to. That was one of the movies where, like the one I think we're, we're both going to see tonight, they, they give you drinks before it. Uh, which I believe they did at Ocean's 8 this week yes, for a screening, did. which yes, is usually did. not a good sign. Uh, wrinkle they, in time, baby. Wrinkle, wrinkle in, in time. time. I took my wife to that at the Disney <laughs> Studios and I turned up and there was food. And my wife turned to me and she went, this is going to be shit, right? And I was like, if, if here in the States they put on drinks, they put on food... Yeah, it's usually, yeah, it's usually be- they want to soften mm-hmm. the blow a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah, yes. so uh, yeah, but book club, I, I I really enjoy. But no, breaking breaking in, I think is quite good, so it's worth checking out. Uh, okay, a lot of chat going on in the chat room today, including when I mentioned Hellraiser earlier. Uh, somebody likened me to Hellraiser, but without the acupuncture, uh, <laughs> which is uh, which is great. Um, yeah, uh, John Harrison saying upgrade looks like Robocop. There is certainly a touch of Robocop in there. Uh, Anthony in, in, in the control room saying that upgrade, um, you know, it, it's 
movies like those cult classics, the likes of Judge Dredd. Again, touches of Judge yes, Dredd in there, yes, very much absolutely. so. Um, these are all great movies that seriously then, rather than saying they are, it's copying those movies, it's very much inspired and infused by, but there's something about Upgrade that is that is completely unique. Um, a lot of comparisons between uh, Tom Hardy and Logan Marshall Green. Um, do you know what? I, yeah, I can guess where I those can are I can guess those where those come from. But I don't. I think he deserves better than that because he really does. Um, you know, he, he really does make this his own. He's not doing like I'm a you know a ninety nine cent store Tom Hardy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, John Harrison saying Ocean's Eight looks terrible. I haven't seen it. I've seen some very mixed reviews. I'm gonna try and squeeze that there, in next week. I mean, week. the embargo. You know, it always makes. You worry when the embargo doesn't lift until so late, yeah. especially for a movie like that where there's so much kind of like riding on it. Yeah, because the female-driven movie about a very popular franchise. Yeah. I'm 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 hopefully optimistic about it. I'm hopeful. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. very curious to see it. I'm kind of I'm I'm not sure I'm going to like it, but I I do want to go and see it and formulate my own opinion rather than just dismissing it out of hand i'm it's i'm certainly i don't think i'm gonna like it i don't think i'm gonna love it um but i certainly want to be able to go in there and be able to flesh that out with reasons why i surprised myself or reasons why i was right, right. all along yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna try and squeeze that in next week okay i think that'll uh that'll do it for us uh it's, it's god god so much this week i feel like it so oh, much like, like i feel like we talk so much so uh, you're scott menzel thank you for joining us no scott problem. where can we find you on twitter and your other shows sure um you can find me right here on sunday i am on black hollywood live i do black tomatoes with carla renata it starts at 5 p.m every sunday uh you can find me at the other Scott M on Instagram as well as on Twitter. If you want to read any of my written reviews or interviews, you can visit WeLiveEntertainment.com. Fantastic. And uh, I'm Simon Thompson. Uh, I'm at ShowbizSimon on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I also have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Uh, thanks again for, for being on Meet the Movie no Press. No problem. Uh, if you liked the show, if you enjoyed the show, if you want to tell people about the show, hopefully you did. Uh, we always appreciate the feedback. Just be polite. Um, and uh, don't forget, subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word on social media. Because you know what? If we don't have an audience, there's no point doing this. So don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Tell your friends, have some fun, watch some movies, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.